Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 253 of the Sports Jack podcast. You mean the Andre Thornton episode? Andre Thornton. I don't know if you remember him as a cub when we were growing up, Corey. He played first base for the Cubs for a few years, right when he came up. Had a great rookie season. In uh, 75, I think he belted 18 homers, batted 293, and I thought, this guy's going to be good. And so, of course, the Cubs traded him to Montreal for Larry Bittner and Steve Renko. And then Andre Thornton went on and had some very productive years in Cleveland. Now, in between those productive years, he was involved in a tragic auto accident. He lost his wife in that accident and talked about how his strong Christian faith really got him through that time. He wound up coming back to the Indians, finished his career with 253 career homers, now a very successful businessman. I think he's the CEO of a company called ASW Global. He married. Uh, he remarried after the auto accident a woman from the Jones Sisters Gospel Trio. Ah, yes, the Jones I didn't sisters. know. I know you've got some background in listening to gospel music growing up. I didn't know if that was one of the groups you listened to growing up. It might have been. Might have been. I have a, a confession to make. When you said the word Andre. You went the giant. I was slightly hoping you were going to say Andre the giant. Why? He's nowhere close to 253. I know. <laughs> if he lost, maybe... What, 200 pounds? He lost both of his legs, maybe. Can we uh, consider professional wrestling uh, in, in the beginning of the episodes? We can. We could do, uh, like, weigh-ins. <laughs> I don't yes. even know what the... Uh, we'll see. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's on the way! It is! Good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! I heard you this morning on uh, Pulse FM, the local South Bend radio station where you do sports. I've been known to do that. You said the stage is set. Is it? Is it really? What do you mean? You said something to the effect of like the biggest game in 15 years. When was the last time a number one team came to Notre Dame Stadium? 
I don't know. 2005, 15 years ago, it was USC, the Bush push game. Okay. That's how you're referencing the biggest game because number one is coming to town. I mean, there have been some other quote-unquote big games, mm-hmm. but none involving number one teams. Notre Dame, you, you were asking for fun facts. Here's one to share with the kids. Yeah, if you're at a tailgate, if you're watching with the family tomorrow night at 7.30? Well, 7.30 kickoff, okay. 6 o'clock for countdown to kickoff. Throw these tasty nuggets into the family fire. Two and five against top-ranked teams at Notre Dame Stadium. The two times Notre Dame has beaten number one at Notre Dame Stadium, 1988 against Miami and 1993 against Florida State, which is the last time they beat a number one team. Since then, the number one team has come twice. The Bush push game in 2005. Nebraska came in in the year 2000, filled about... Two-thirds of the stadium in red. That was insane. Julius Jones had a huge day for the Irish on special teams. They took Eric Crouch, the eventual Heisman winner, to overtime and lost 27-24 in the extra session. I was actually at that game on the field. I thought I was in the wrong stadium. Nebraska had not played in Notre Dame Stadium at least for a long, long time, if ever, and they wanted to see it. And that's Slightly early days of the internet, right? Of yes. Getting your hands on tickets would have been getting on the phone, newspaper, right? The, the governor of Nebraska, I interviewed him in the parking lot. Really? He was tailgating <laughs> in the parking lot. All right. So give us some more about uh, Saturday night. So here's Notre Dame. They're facing the number one team in the nation without its starting quarterback. Trevor Lawrence will be in attendance. He'll be on the sidelines, but he will not play. He will be replaced by the freshman DJ Uyangalele. Would you feel any kind of weird vibe if you saw that he came out in uniform and pads? Would that give you a, wait a minute. Yeah, but I don't think Dabo Swinney is that guy. That's not going to happen. I I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. So DJ Uyangalele, excuse me, DJ Uyangalale will come and play quarterback. 6'4", 250, freshman. Notre Dame did not look at him uh, to recruit him. He winds up at Clemson, and Dabo Swinney thinks that this kid who, when he was, I don't know, six years old, was introduced to Pete Carroll by his dad and said, someday you're going to recruit him. Dabo Swinney thinks this guy can get the job done. Saturday night at the stadium. He's got some weapons around him. Travis Etienne, their terrific running back. Brian Kelly this week called him the best complete running back in the nation because he can not only hurt you running the football, which he did to the Irish two years in the Cotton Bowl, but he has amped up his game as a receiver. Sometimes they'll line him up at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they'll bring him out of the backfield. He is very dangerous, and the Irish have to find a way to contend with him. Pause button. Are you saying ETN or ETN, like his last name? ETN. Can you spell it? E-T-I-E-N-N-E. Okay, so you're not saying the letters like they're initials. No. Okay. The way that's said, it's kind of like, is this some kind of... I understand. Interesting, uh, you know. I understand. Okay. So, he's the Clemson star running back. Okay. And he's somebody that Notre Dame must account for on every play. Here's what you don't want to see 
if you're watching the game, if he lines up at receiver, you don't want to see one of the Notre Dame linebackers lined up opposite him. Because if that happens, they're throwing to him, and you can cue the Clemson fight song. We will see what separation truly looks like. Yes. (laughs) Now, that said, while Clemson remains very dangerous on offense, and by the way, they're getting back a couple of their key receivers. They get back Frank Ladson Jr., who was out last week. They get back Joseph Ngata, who was out last week. And you might see over here in front of me, I brought you a little present. Wow. You see, the the announcers for a game use what I call flip cards. Now, mine are typically different than this. I was going to say, those don't look like what I've seen you use before. But there's a gentleman in South Bend, John Finneran, who occasionally writes for the Tribune, who puts these out every week. Okay. And I thought you might like a copy this week as you're watching the game to put names with numbers and... So here is the look at you. Here is the Clemson offense against the Notre Dame defense in color. And here is the Notre Dame offense against the Clemson defense. Boy, this guy, this this guy's into it. Look at yes. this. Wow. And then down Thank at you. the down at the bottom you see special teams people. Okay. Boy, that's fun. We'll put that right on the coffee table in the man household. There you go. So, anyway, that I just broke down for you the Clemson offense getting back, back to receivers against the Notre Dame defense. When you take a look at the Clemson defense, they have lost a lot of people with injuries. James Skowski is a fifth-year grad student linebacker. He's out with a groin injury. Mike Jones Jr. is out. Tyler Davis is out. And Xavier Thomas won't play the first half because he got ejected from the game last week for targeting. So you have three and a half Clemson starters on defense out. There's no secret what Notre Dame wants to do in this game. They want to run the ball and run it and run it some more. I don't know that you can just do that and beat the Clemson Tigers. I think Ian Book is going to have to come out of his little comfort zone and his game-managing shell, and hit some plays downfield, either to Javon McKinley, either to one of the tight ends, Mayer or Tremble, or maybe even to Avery Davis, who has shown some bursts of speed this year and might be a threat in this game. So some healthy throwing, healthy running, a balance. Corey, this year, Ian Book has only completed six passes of more than 20 yards downfield. I think he's got to hit three of those in this game in order for Notre Dame to win. (laughs) Look for Notre Dame, though, to stay with its two and three tight end sets. Let me, here's, here's another little nugget you can toss around. Okay. When you see one running back in the backfield for Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, which is what they typically use, and two tight ends, that's called 12 formation. If they have three tight ends in the game, Mayer, Tremble, and Wright, that's called 13 formation. So now you can sound like you have some football knowledge here as you toss those little numbers about. Who's the running back in the back that we'll be seeing a lot of? Well, it's either going to be Kyron Williams or Chris Tyree. Okay. Williams is a redshirt freshman. Tyree is a true freshman. 
Williams is more of the durable running back. Tyree is kind of the home run hitter where every time he touches the ball, you wonder, can he take it to the house? That's the kind of burst that Notre Dame did not have from its running backs when they played Clemson two years ago in the Cotton Bowl. So those are some things to watch in this game. And as you look at this game, you say, okay, and and there's been a lot of talk. Well, even if Notre Dame loses, they could play Clemson again in the ACC championship game. But here's the thing. When you play them again in the ACC championship game, they're going to have Trevor Lawrence back, and they're probably going to have all those guys on defense that I mentioned back. So if you're Notre Dame, what better time than now? If not now, when? It's been 27 years since you've beaten the number one team in the nation. You know what your record is against top five teams in the last 10 games you've played them? 0 and 10. It is time. It is time. Get out the Herb Brooks speech if you need to. I'm tired of hearing about the Clemson Tigers. Their time is over. Our time is now. If if you're Brian Kelly and you don't win this game, I really have a hard time thinking that you're in the national championship picture at any time in the near future. I'm slightly excited about the noon game tomorrow. There's great reason to be excited about the noon game tomorrow. Indiana plays Michigan. You can hear the game on 103.1 FM. And believe me, we always want you to listen. Yeah. But you need to take a peek on the TV. Indiana, because Veterans Day is next week, is honoring veterans who played on the USS Indiana, or is it the USS Indianapolis? I'm not sure which. I think it's the Indianapolis. Uh, And they're wearing camouflage uniforms tomorrow with the red numbers. And they're taking on Michigan. Michigan comes in after a loss to Michigan State last week. After they beat Minnesota, everybody was more than happy to tell the Wolverines how good they were and how they're a Big Ten contender and how they just looked great. And then they turned around and they pulled the full Harbaugh. They lost at home to Michigan State. And so they're one and one and coming off a loss and probably in a bad mood as they come to the Rock in Bloomington. And everybody now is telling IU how wonderful they are. They're 2-0. and They went on the road and beat Rutgers, who beat Michigan State. And everybody likes to use the associative property and say, well, if you beat the team that beat Michigan State and Michigan State beat Michigan, you must be way better. Doesn't work that way, kids. So Indiana is ranked number 13. They're 2-0. and And everybody looks at that and says, Indiana, number 13, are they for real? Well, here's a way of proving it. Why don't you beat a team that you haven't beaten since 1987? Why don't you beat the Michigan Wolverines? In Indiana. You're playing at home. Yeah. You've got one of your best quarterbacks that you've had since the guy that beat them in 87, a kid from Elkhart named Dave Schnell. And by the way, a side note, why Dave Schnell is not in the Indiana football and I, I'm not talking about the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, the IU Football Hall of Fame. 
Why he's not in there is nobody's idea. Come on, folks. Get real. Put number 11 in. That said, Michael Penix needs to lead the Hoosiers to a victory tomorrow. They need to go 3-0 and if we're going to truly believe that Tom Allen and his boys have turned the corner. And like Chuck said, you can hear that on 103.1 in South Bend. Uh, let's see here. That's a noon kickoff, so 11 o'clock pregame. Right. All right. Where are you at tonight, my friend? High school football tonight. We have a battle on the banks of the Bogo. I expect burning leaves. I expect the smell of apple crisp coming from the cafeteria. I expect Marion at Jimtown to be a slobber knocker. The Marion Knights come in. They have won five consecutive sectional football titles. They're ranked number two. They're undefeated. They're 9-0. and They've got an array of weapons at the disposal of their quarterback, Maddox Begonia Bright, who in the last two seasons has accounted for 60-6-0 touchdowns. They'll face a Jimtown team with a first-year coach in Corey Stoner who has brought back a very physical attitude to Jimtown football. Where was he at previously? He was the defensive coordinator at Jimtown. He's been the baseball coach at Jimtown for a while. He's a Mishawaka grad, played for Bart Curtis. Okay. So Corey Stoner's defense has only given up 10 points a game so far this season. Mishawaka scores 38 a game, so it's... Safe to say something has to give in this one. The question I have about Jimtown, Corey, they have not played a team with a winning record in the last seven weeks. Are they ready for what they're going to face tonight in this very athletic, very fast Marion team? I guess we're going to find out 7 o'clock tonight at Nep Field. 645 on Facebook, YouTube, and the IHSA Champions Network. You can watch it live or on TV 46 tonight at 11, tomorrow morning at 9. Any other games around our viewing, listening area to I'm keep so our eye I'm so glad on? you've asked. I am so glad you've asked. Let's start with the big boys in 6A. You've got Chesterton at Elkhart. Everybody was looking forward to a Penn-Elkhart matchup this week. Nobody bothered to tell the Chesterton Trojans. They've got a quarterback named Chris Mullen. He did not coach at St. John's last year, he did not play for the Golden State Warriors. It's not that Chris <laughs> Not Mullen. that guy. Um, they're going to have their hands full, though, with the Elkhart Lions, who return to the banks of the Elkhart River at Rice Field. They've got terrific defensive talent. They get their starting linebacker, Clayton Lundy, back tonight. They've got Rodney McGraw to help pressure the quarterback. And, oh, by the way, their offense last week against Portage amassed 669 yards of total offense. 380, 397 of them on the legs of Derek Woods. So Elkhart's the favorite in that game. If they can get a sectional title, it would only be the third sectional title in city history. Memorial won one, Central won one. There wasn't a tournament when there was the old Elkhart High School. So this would be the first one for the unified Elkhart. Also in 6A, Warsaw goes to Homestead. Warsaw comes at you with that triple option attack. Last week, they ran the ball for 497 yards. They've got a quarterback in Aaron Green who's very crafty. They've got Juan Jaramillo. They've got Patrick Zollinger. They've got Julius Jones. The question is, can the Warsaw defense stop a homestead attack that is very well balanced? They've got a quarterback by the name of Evan Ornsby who's thrown for 2,200 yards this year and 33 touchdowns. He's got a really good receiver. I think his name is Nathan Anderson, 
and then they can give it off to a kid named Brayden Hardwick who's got almost 1,000 yards rushing. So Warsaw with a big challenge to have to go to Homestead. If I had to pick a winner in that game, I'd probably favor Homestead because they're playing at home. 5A, Mishawaka is at Adams. Mishawaka lost their first three games this season. They've won six in a row. Their defense has improved. We've known all along about the rushing attack. I think they have the best offensive line in the state this year. They're going to go up against an Adams team that has some athletes. Chuck Worsham has had a nice year running the football. Sidney Jeffries is a weapon at receiver, but Adams is starting a freshman quarterback after having pulling one out with a concussion, and their offense just hasn't looked the same since Torrenday took over. It's no offense towards Torrenday. He's a freshman. Uh, I would think Mishawaka is the favorite in that game. Down in 2A, you've got Pioneer at Bremen. Pioneer's record the last five years, Corey, 62-4. and four. They're pretty good. Uh, they're another team that just likes to run it down your throat. 467 yards rushing last week against LaVille. They have not been held below 38 points in the last six games. Bremen can score. They've got some weapons. Blake Dingus is their running back, nearly 1,400 yards. Ethan Nunemaker likes to get the ball into the hands of Hunter Bennett, who's kind of an all-purpose back. I just don't know if Bremen's defense can slow down Pioneer enough. Could be a shootout down at Don Bungie Field. Then in 1A, Winnemac at North Judson. What a job Brett Lambert has done. His team has played 11 games this year. They're 9-2. They take on a Winnemac team that they whacked around 29-0 during the regular season. I would think you'd get a similar result tonight. We'll see. Up in the Magic Mitten, the Battle of the Bergs. And if I was standing in downtown Buchanan with the wind at my back, I could throw a rock and hit Brandywine. You could. No. I didn't think so. I don't think your arm's that good. (laughs) Bucks and Bobcats, they played a couple weeks ago. Buchanan won that game 20-6. Johnny Rager, their running back. Oh, what a name. 195 yards, two touchdowns. I knew you would like that. So let's say that Mike Nate's defense focuses on Johnny Rager. Then Connor Legault, their quarterback, can do some damage. So it's a it's a tough matchup for Brandywine. They do have a good quarterback in Gabe Guyon. Uh, I just don't know that the Bobcats can keep up with the Bucks enough in this one. Buchanan will be the favorite in that one. You mentioned the Battle of the Bergs. Edwardsburg on opening night, Corey, beat Vicksburg 58-7. to I don't think it's going to be that much different tonight at Leo Hoffman Field. I think the clock could be running throughout much of the second half. Lakeshore was supposed to play tonight. Their opponent, Coldwater, got the COVID. I saw your Can't tweet. Play. So Lakeshore gets a free ticket into the district championship. Well, they will play the winner of tonight's game between St. Joseph and Harper Creek. Bears are playing at home, but Harper Creek's not a bad team. They're 5-2. and two. So a little bit of a tough assignment there for Andrew Prattley's team up at Dickinson Stadium, Steve Upton Field. We'll see how that one pans out. Could be a second version of the war on the shore next weekend if St. Joe can get the win. That'd be a fun game to go to. You should. You should don your red and black next week. Although, I'll tell you what, next Friday night probably not going to be as nice as this Friday night. Don't think so? I'm just going to go out on a limb on that one. <laughs> Changing the weather? I mean, I don't I don't have enough box tops yet for my meteorological degree, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say next Friday night, not as nice as this Friday night. NFL last night, Green Bay beat San Francisco 34-17. 
And if, well, I'm sorry. If you missed the highlights on the morning sports center, it's because you didn't watch for 15 minutes because they were showing them every 15 minutes. Oh, uh, NBA. Let's talk about that. The NBA has decided that it's going to try to start its season December 22nd, 72 game season. Sounds like they're going to try to play in home arenas rather than the bubble, at least for now. Training camp opens December 1st. And if you're thinking, well, didn't that season just get over? Yes. And so I think the NBA draft is next week. Wow. Yeah. The NBA draft, I believe, is next week. And free agency opens maybe a week after that. So this is going to be a short and wild ride in the NBA offseason to Cue see the, uh, Benny where Hill people music. wind up. Uh, it's going to make it tough for the teams that weren't good, a.k.a. the Bulls, to kind of rebuild things. And you may see some blockbuster trades over the next, well, let's see, what's today? November 5th, and the season's supposed to open the 22nd, which is a... Tuesday, so yeah, about the next seven weeks, you could see some blockbuster trades in the NBA. Speaking of basketball, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a prediction. I've seen the future of Penn basketball for the next four years, and his name is Alex Hawthorne. Okay. Alex Hawthorne. Keep an eye on him. Huh? Remember it. Where does he play? Discovery Middle School. Oh, so he's on the good team. He's for the good guys. He's eighth grade right now. He is that whole team. There's some other decent players. This kid is going to be black and gold for the next four years. Now, if he's the whole team, does that mean that the team around him not so good? Or there's some stars. Okay, there, 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 right. there'll be some uh, there'll be some good co-star awards okay. handed out. Well, you need some of those. He's the team. All right. Remember, I said it here first. These things hold up for a while, don't they? Yeah. I'll put that down in my notes. 253, Corey Nate. Oh, man. There we go. All right. Uh, what else here? Hockey. Hockey? Well, yeah. Notre it's, Dame. It's hockey season, bud. They should have been playing back in October. But they have waited until next weekend to start. Now, this is the way things are going in college sports right now. The hockey season starts next weekend. We just got the schedule yesterday. Now, maybe the teams had it already, but it was just released to the media and the fans yesterday. Notre Dame starts hockey season next weekend playing Wisconsin at the Compton Family Ice Arena. I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Can fans go? Probably not. (laughs) We haven't heard, but I have to think probably not. That's a bummer. I think they continue to want to keep people off campus try to keep their little bubble, and it's understandable. But that really changes the atmosphere of hockey games, basketball games. By the way, speaking of Notre Dame basketball, Tom Noy tweeted out yesterday. Our boy Tom Noy tweeted out yesterday. uh, The non-conference schedule now looks set for Notre Dame. They've got a pretty rugged non-conference schedule this year. They'll play Purdue in the Crossroads Classic. They'll play Ohio State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They'll play Michigan State, West uh, Michigan State, Western Michigan, Tennessee. I think 
Kentucky might be on there as well. And then they play Howard, and you might say, Howard? Well, Howard is who they're going to play on Martin Luther King Day. And if you may recall, we covered this in an earlier edition of the Yak. Howard got the number one recruit last year because he wanted to go to a historically black college. So they got a handful, not to mention the 20 games they'll have to play in the ACC. Um, That's going to be a rugged road for Mike Bray, who will finally meet with the media Monday uh, to preview the season, of which, by the way, we still don't have a schedule with dates and times and things like that. Uh, today, the birthday of James Naismith, by the way. Happy birthday, Jimmy. The inventor yes. of said game of basketball. Uh, what, what did I read about him? Uh, the, the actual uh, the handbook is at the University of Kansas? Yes. Is that where he introduced that? Yes. Okay. And I, he, he was down there, and they are very proud. They are more than happy to tell you. You can invoke Mr. Stiers in a conversation sometime about James Naismith. Mm-hmm. Now, I have presented you with these Clemson charts. Yes, I can't wait to use them. they don't do you any good unless you can complete a little exercise that I have put together for you today. So I've made a little bit of a schedule change in the show because I know at this point in the show we normally go overrated, underrated. And I do have a couple of those nearby. And we can do that in a moment. But first, we're going to do a little segment that I like to call Corey pronounces players' names. (laughs) So I have put together... Kosovo. I have put together a list of nine names. Okay. Who will... They'll all play in the game tomorrow. Um, Three of these are Clemson names. Six of them are Notre Dame names. So um, I I have the list in front of me. Here is your list. Okay. Please start from the top, Mr. Mann, with the Clemson quarterback for tomorrow. You know, I've watched you this week kind of fumble this name a little bit. I have a little bit. And you said it just a few moments ago. Yes. So it's uh, the quarterback of Clemson, DJ. <sighs> Uagalili? It is not Uagalili. It's Uyangalale. Uyagalale. Ui Angalale. Ui Angalale. How long have you practiced that? Since last Saturday. Ui Angangale. No. Ui Angalale. Ui Angalale. Very good. Ui Alang. No. Ui Ananga. Yeah. Wow. So there's number one. <laughs> Please move down to number two. A fullback for Clemson who occasionally sees time in the game. Oh, it's obviously Tysoon. Pamangkang. Tyson Pumachang. Pumachang. Tyson Pumachang. Wow. Okay. Tyson Pumachang. 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 Yeah. There you go. I'm actually going to write that down. Pumachang. Okay. Travis Etienne. There you go. See, this isn't so hard. Mm -hmm. Now we move. To the Notre Dame side of the ball. I've heard this young man's name. He is a defensive end for the Fighting Irish. Well, he kind of reminds me of that, that hit song I had in the previous episode. Antetokounmpo. Yes, a little bit. Adetokounmpo. Adetokounmpo. 
Adetokumbo, Ogundeji. Ogundeji. Yeah. Adetokumbo, Ogundeji. 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 Okay. Jason Adamiliola. No. Jason Adamalola. Adamalola. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Myron Tagavealoa Amosa. Tagavealoa Amosa. His, his cousin Tua is the quarterback for the Dolphins, Tua Tagavealoa. So this is Myron Tagavealoa Amosa. Is that a middle name or just the last name hyphenated? It's a last name hyphenated. Tagavaloa Amosa. Right. Very good. A lot of people call him MTA. Um. <laughs> yes. Ovi Ogufo. Very good. Ovi Ogufo. Ovi Ogufo. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. Yes. Now, you... You don't have time to say it like that if you're calling the game. <laughs> well, if he's because running. by that time somebody has run past him or they started the next play. He's Jeremiah Wusu. He's Koromoa. at the forty. It's Jeremiah Awusa Koromoa. And to cleanse the palate, I put in the last one. Ian Book. <laughs> Doug Smith. <laughs> so you want to go back and do the first one again? Uh DJ Yeah, I should have wrote it down. I uh, Ong? No. Ongalele. <laughs> what is it again? The quarterback for the Clemson Tigers? DJ Uyongalele. You sounded like you added a ladle at the end there. No. DJ Uyongalele. 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 Uyalang. Uy. Uy. Think of we with like a little ooh in front of it. We. Uy. We. We. Anga. Anga. Lale. Lale. Uyangalale. Yeah. Okay. Uwe. Angalale. Mm. Wow. And his fullback? Uh, Tyson Puma Chong. There you go. <laughs> Are you ready for overrated, underrated? <laughs> I think I am like now. Get out of that Pronouncing one. Clemson names. Underrated. <laughs> I have four. I have three that I'm I'm confident you can speak into. One of them I think you will take opinions of family members and add oh, it to yours. Great. Do you have any on your end? I can, yes. Okay. Uh, let's start with country music. Eric Church, underrated or overrated? You, I would have been better prepared for Eric Crouch, the former Nebraska quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner. What about Andre Crouch, the former gospel singer? Uh, there, now, I, I don't know. <laughs> Did he marry another one of the Jones sisters? I don't have. know. I don't know. Because Andre Thornton married one, so Andre Crouch. But let's get it back to Eric Church. Not that familiar with his work. All right. We'll Sorry. Move, we'll move forward. <laughs> Sports. 2020 Notre Dame football. Overrated, underrated. I'd say the top three are pretty clear. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Notre Dame is currently ranked fourth. I think we, I'm not trying to cop out, but I think that's what tomorrow shows us is are they overrated or underrated? Look, I'll be disappointed if they lose because at, I stated the case earlier in the show of why they have to win this game. Mm -hmm. But if they lose close... Maybe they are the fourth best team in the country. If they win, then they're 
they're definitely in the top four. I'll be watching you for, for your prediction tomorrow night at what time? Oh, well, the prediction will come right around 6.55 on WNDU. Yeah, you're, you're We've 90 We've been moved minutes. up a little bit because NBC wants to come in and do their little big-time pregame show and bring all their fancy production and all that stuff and have Jack Collinsworth read off the teleprompter a lot. If I could have made a gif of what just happened physically, it would be award-winning. Thank you. Uh, that was something. This one you'll have to rely on family. Star Wars Mandalorian. Overrated or underrated? They like it. They would say underrated. Yeah, I would too. They. What do you like about it? It's the best thing to come out of Star Wars since Star Wars. Since There's been a lot of trying. Like, I loved Force Awakens. The next two movies were dumpster fires, if we're being completely honest. Okay. True original fun throwback to, to the original series and yet a new direction. John Favreau knows what he's doing. Underrated. Okay. Tom Noyes tweets about this next Notre Dame basketball season. Overrated or underrated? Oh, they're underrated because this is really the only information you're getting about Notre Dame basketball. I feel like I'm getting hyped about something and I'm going to get let down. I f- well, that's the history of Notre Dame basketball. Is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, one Final Four 42 years ago? They've been close. They had the nice teams with DJ and Connaughton and, and all those guys, but... 15 and 16, 2015. Yeah, yeah. but other than been that... Been a while. Other than that, what has there been to be excited about? And certainly in the last three years... Yeah. Okay. You know, so maybe there is something to be excited about this year. I hope so. I like Mike Bray. I've been a Notre Dame basketball fan for 50 years. Austin Carr is still one of my heroes. I think he's the greatest basketball player to ever come through the University of Notre Dame. But give me something to get excited about. So at least when Tom Noy's tweeting about the schedule or about the players or something like that, it's at least giving me something to go on because I don't take my news from Pravda. When Notre Dame tweets out stuff, it's like, okay, that's that's great. Right. Um so and, and and to clarify, I like Tom a lot. I just find myself reading those tweets, going, "Okay, what do we got going on here?" But then again, you need to get some wins. Yeah, and you know they're not playing yet. Now, soon enough, about nineteen days, they'll get started up. No but, fans. Well, we don't know that for sure. Oh, uh, I think we'll find. I think we'll start to get some clarity on that next week. Uh, but I would say, if I had to wager a guess, with the COVID rates on campus already going up and what we're seeing in the counties surrounding campus, most ever, you're not going to have fans there. And if you do, and if you do, maybe lower that ticket price. Well, I've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they've they've overpriced their market. I get it for some of the, look, Zion's coming in, you can charge what you want. Yeah. People will pay it. And they did. When they're playing, and at least this year, the non-conference schedule has some high quality to it. Yeah. 
those years when you've got uh, nickel state coming in or dime state or quarter state or whatever it is, come on. You might as well just be giving those tickets away. You can either add to the underrated, overrated conversation, or we can let you go to prepare for tonight's festivities. Uh, I was going to suggest Metallica. Oh. The greatest rock band since Led Zeppelin. So you're saying underrated. Oh, yeah. They have, they have transcended time and space. I used to draw their logo on my desk at Lakeshore High School when I was 14 years old, and I still do it at age 51. So I've hit, I've hit a really sweet spot. They're here. the best, Jerry. The best. Okay. They are the. They're one of the only bands that can still put butts in a stadium today. That's true. That's true. I would say. If South Bend were brave enough to bring them to Notre Dame, that will never they would happen. They would fill that bowl. That will never happen. They are not what Notre Dame wants there. No, Which is interesting because how many times have you heard one of their songs during a football game? I understand. I get you it. Know? I get the fact that they get the crowd hyped up and everything. But would they commit to a two-hour version of that? <laughs> well, and the other thing is, think of the imagery that that university likes to put out. Yeah. And it is all about image. Yeah. That, that ain't, ain't going to happen. happening. Oh, but if it did, then hell, doth freeze over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Chuck, you're on Twitter? I am. Uh, it's tough to find me. Uh, I'm not on there, you know, a lot, uh-huh. except for the days that end in Y. And I'm at 46 Sports. <laughs> Unless you're getting kicked off. Hasn't oh. happened in a couple of months. We got to get you that blue check, man. We got to figure that out. I don't know what out. they're waiting for. Got to figure out. I don't know out. what they're waiting for. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, first of all, flog yourself. Secondly, change that because we're getting close to 10,000. Yeah, you're getting up there. Uh, and you can always rate, review, and maybe share an episode of this podcast. By the way, this podcast has its own Twitter site, right? It does. Sports Yak with two Ks. Who maintains that? Our staff? I, I try my best. Our staff maintains well, it, Well, right? it's farmed out. That's you. <laughs> it's me. Um, and you're also on Twitter individually, correct? At my name is Corey, award-winning gifs of my partner, Chuck Freebie. Oh, God help us. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Andre Thornton. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.